0: So much sugar. They don't sleep for two weeks. You're you're welcome, parents. So uh, but help out with that. Hey, uh, before I jump into today's message, I feel like at the first of the, of the week, Monday or Tuesday, God began to, to speak to me about cancel culture, which is something I despise. Um. Where And if you don't know what it is, it's where people bring up something you said or did. It doesn't matter if it was a year ago, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. They bring that up. What that, the person you were then, and then they bring it and want to use it to make anything you say now irrelevant or not so. And God began to speak to me about cancel culture. And I feel like this is a God thing. And this may be one of our mic drop moment, Bob. I don't know, but here's what I believe he said. God began to tell me. in Micah 7, 19, the verses leading up to that, uh, it's talking about Israel, they walked away from God, they sinned, and then it says, hey, if you repent, God will restore you, God will pardon you, and then verse 19 says this, he will cast your sins into the sea of what? Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Not into the sea of, I'll bring it up when I need to. Forgetfulness. And then Psalms 10, uh, uh, 103, verse 10 says, hey, he doesn't treat us like our sins deserve, like we deserve to be treated. In fact, he says this in, in verse 11, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how much he loves us. And then verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, that's how he separates our sin from us. So that's what God says about us. That's the way God looks at your past, your sins, uh, your stupidity at times. I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. It, but here's what the Bible says about our enemy, Satan. In Revelation, it says, calls him this, the accuser of the brethren. The one that brings up things about their past. The one that brings up things they said or did. The one that keeps a running log of all your mistakes. Are you hearing me? And here's what God began to say to me. He said, Kelly, when people want to start bringing up things from the past, when they want to cancel, here's what you have to ask yourself. Who are you aligning yourself with? The God that says, no, the past is the past, or Satan who wants to bring it all up? The next time you want to open your mouth or begin to post on Facebook, ask yourself, who are you aligning yourself with? Are you hearing me? Yeah. Hey, that's better than what you're preaching, but that's, that's all right. Some of y'all, it's convicting you right now, so that's all right. That's a good thing. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, well, anyway, hey, to set this message up, I told you that we were going to be doing a mockumentary. And the key is mockumentary. So we're about to show you a video, uh, and this will be the only time I get up and say anything about our videos over the next five, six weeks. Uh, these are meant to be stupid, and I, I find stupid humor really funny. Um, they're they're uh, made to be office-esque. You know where you're living in, but uh, if you're familiar with ghost, uh, the ghost hunters, uh, we've got our own ghost hunters. Except these are after the search of the Holy Ghost, and they know nothing about it other than what they heard. So and so, we've set this up, and you will really, listen. I don't mind if you find it stupid or funny, but if it offends you, you need to wait and listen to what we're talking about. So with that being said, I give you. Ghost bros.
1: (laughs) At a young age, I had my first encounter with the paranormal. And I have spent the rest of my entire life trying to prove its existence. My name is Tad Chester. And together with my highly skilled team of highly skilled investigators that investigate at a very high level. We have tech expert Aaron in the new guy, Sergio Amadeus, been, and our resident skeptic in training, my niece, Jackie Moore. House, dead, is we have scoured the dark corners of our planet in search for evidence that the paranormal isn't just paranormal, it's normal. This is a dark corner! With no big camera crews following us around, we are the ghost mile, St. Basilica. Recent tips of increasing spirit activity has led us on a search for the Holy Ghost. And after many failed attempts to find this ghost, we have decided to reach out to an expert. Uh, my name is Father John. I am an expert in this field. I have a doctorate
0: in divinity, a doctorate in theology, a doctorate in a doctorate in seminary, a doctorate in, seminary, a doctorate in Pretty much, I have a doctorate in any field of religion. I I was on a mission field for 10 years in Rome, uh,
1: Georgia. So, Dr. McConnell. Father. 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 Doctor. Doctor. Dr. McConnell. Father. Father, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Father. Dr. Pepper. Mother. Father. Father, 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 Dr. Pepper let this Father McConnor. Father McConnell, We're trying to track down uh, some call it a legend. Some call it an experience. We figure someone with your pedigree, your knowledge, might be able to give us an insight into the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, as we like to call it.
0: I have found that, you know, Holy Ghost, He appears in Acts two, And the disciples, you know, there was an upper room experience. In. My personal belief, and I think my studies show this, when the disciples died, kind of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of his, all that kind of went away with them. Mm-hmm. And you said it right. It, it's a legend. legend. The Holy Ghost it's a legend.
1: We deal with a lot of legends, and we come to document a lot of uh, legends that are actually true. So, if you were, if you were just speaking out of turn, right. what are some of the things we should be looking for from this Holy Ghost? That's a tough one because I've uh,
0: heard a church, if you want to call it that, in our community, uh, Watts Bar Community Church, uh, I've heard there have been sightings of this Holy Ghost there. I've heard people even pass out. I I've heard um, some of the people talk uh, tongues, uh, which I don't know how else you would talk. You can't talk without your tongue. Mm. Uh, I've heard that at uh, times you can just scent in the atmosphere something. Like goosebumps? So, goosebumps. Goosebumps. goosebumps.
1: The, the hair on mm. your arms might stand up a little bit. What about some smells? Are there any smells associated with it? Only ghosts. <laughs> Not that I know. Not that you it. But there's usually a smell. Right. There's some kind of smell. There's always, there's always smell. a smell. there's
0: is Aaron always with you?
1: Aaron is always with you. Because there's a smell. And <laughs> <laughs> It's on me. It's on me. It's on, me. It's on damn, me. Okay, Aaron. Real it in.
0: But I've heard that even in the sound of, that people have witnessed the little knobs coming up and Holy. down by themselves.
1: Holy smokes. That's
0: undocumented.
1: Really? What is the name of this church?
0: The name is Watts Bar Community Church. Mm. In this area, uh, that would be the one place I would go. And mm. But if you're looking for the Holy Ghost, they claim he dwells there.
1: Uh-huh. So We'll definitely check it out. Thank you for your time, Mother, Father, McConnell, Doctor, <laughs> Love Follow us next week here on Ghostbusters. So, uh, I've
0: been told that there's a director's cut that will be released once the messages are given. Uh, hey, uh, one day the Trinity... Uh, The Trinity, they they were planning a vacation, trying to see where they want to go. And the Holy Spirit was throwing out some ideas. Hey, why don't we go to New York? And and God was like, Father God was like, man, they're so liberal there. And and the whole time they keep calling me mother. I let it register in. So that's all right. So (laughs) Holy Spirit said, I know, why don't we go to Jerusalem? And Jesus was like, last time was there. Things didn't end well. I'm not going back. And and so they're they're like, well, I I don't know. Holy Spirit, I'm tired of throwing out ideas. He said, I'm going to go eat lunch. When I come back, y'all tell me. So he goes, he comes back. He's had lunch. And God said, hey, you know what? We decided where we're going on vacation. We're going to Alabama. Holy Spirit said, that's great. I've never been there before. Come on now <laughs> I don't think Jesus has either, but anyway, <laughs> anyway so a little humor, come on now hey, uh, anybody remember uh, china cabinets yeah. i grew I cannot remember a time in my childhood, uh, growing up in my adult years where my mom did not have a china cabinet. if you don't know anybody still have one. There we go. Uh, here, If you don't know what they are, they're a place where all the nice plates, the nice things go, or, or um, uh, precious moments. Anybody remember those? Uh, they go up there. They, basically, it could be called a display cabinet because you never really get to use this unless somebody important comes over to the house. Come on, anybody, anybody remember that? They, they, they just put them up there. I'm learning that there are some things in my house that are not for use. Husbands, can any of you relate? I'm talking, after 30 years of marriage, there are some things in my own house, my own house that are, maybe I should say it, that are not for my use. Maybe that's the way I say it. There are towels in my bathroom that are not for my use. There are towels in the kitchen that are not for my use. There are just some things in there. And as I was praying, he was like, what does that have to do with anything, PK? As I was preparing this series, I began to wonder and ponder, as Chris Lime would say, this question. How many followers of Jesus, for them, he's in the house but he's not for use. He just stays in the display cabinet. We never pull him out. We never let him out. And I believe that one of the biggest reasons for that is this. I believe very few people have a real understanding of who Holy Spirit is. And I'm not just talking about people that are new to the faith. I'm talking about people that have been Christians a very long time, have little understanding of who Holy Spirit is. And here's why we're talking about this the next few weeks. Because I believe that a lot of followers of Jesus are operating on about two-thirds the power they could be operating in. They They got God the Father. They got God the Son, but Holy Spirit... He's just on over here in the cabinet somewhere. Here's here's why Holy Spirit is important. Here's what the apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1.13, if you'll bring that up. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, get this, you were marked in him with a seal. And what is that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, when you became a Christian, God tattooed a mark on you of the Holy Spirit saying, that's my kid. That's my kid. And so I think it's vital that we know and understand who Holy Spirit is. If you got a Bible, want to turn with me to John 14? If not, I'm going to be up here on the, uh, the, the Bible will be up here on the screen. The verses will. But Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples. It's, uh, the, the night of his last supper, he's having this, the, the last supper, he's having this conversation. Jesus knows he's going to be leaving these men that he's poured into for three years, and, and he, he knows he's going to be going away, and they're going to need something tangible to walk them through what they're about to go through also. And that's why in John 14, he opens up saying this, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's the way he opens it up. But in this last evening, he begins to talk to them about Holy Spirit. Now, this is Jesus talking. Here's what he says, verse 16 and 17. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for why? How does they know him? He dwells with you and will be in you. Jump down to verses 25 and 26. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jump Jump over to chapter 15, verse 26. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Now we're going to jump over to chapter 16. It's still Jesus talking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jump down to verses 12 and 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are come. If you're taking notes, the first thing you need to know about who Holy Spirit is is this? He is God. I'm going to show you. He is God. If you didn't grow up in church like I did, you probably didn't grow up seeing or hearing that Holy Spirit well, was God. And to be very honest, a lot of those people that I grew up with didn't really see Holy Spirit as God either, just some entity. And he 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 is he is the third person of the Trinity. He is just as much part of the Trinity as Father and the Son. Yeah, but he's not God. Well, let me give you another place in the Bible where it speaks to who the Holy Spirit is. In Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira, they've sold a piece of property. And they go to donate the money, but they lie because they want to keep them, some of the money back themselves. And here's what Peter tells them in Acts five three: Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to who? and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. Now look what Peter says. You have not lied to man. He said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? You've not lied to man. You've lied to God. You've lied to God. Now, let me ask you a question. How many have ever been told, um, and you can be honest, uh, by a worker, co-worker, family, somebody from school, if they hear that you're coming to this church or a church like this, a spirit-filled church, they they may say something like, hey, 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 be careful around those people that talk about the Holy Spirit. Come on, anybody. Here's what they're essentially saying. I don't think they're saying it. You know, knowingly, but what, hey, be careful around those people that try to talk to you about God. Holy Spirit is God; He's God, and, and I don't think they realize it. I don't think these people have bad intentions. I just think they don't have a full understanding of who Holy Spirit is. He is God. The second thing you need to know about Him: He's not weird. He's not weird. Denise and I, along with Casey and Tiffany, we went to our family reunion yesterday, our going family reunion, and it was special. One of the reasons it was special because we had to cancel it last year, but man, this year I watched my aunts and my uncles sing songs that I grew up on, and and, and they knowing hey, in fact, one of them, this may be the last time we get to do this, and, and just to watch them, and I love I posted this. I love my heritage, I do. I love my hairs but here's the truth: even my family, every family member has somebody like this. Run that clip for me.
1: Sure, it well, enhances your holiday spirit. Not working, Eddie.
0: <laughs> it's not working. Oh,
1: the house is Go ahead and court. kill it.
0: Hey, everybody has a Cousin Eddie. Come on, everybody, anybody, you know who Cousin Eddie is. The person that you don't really talk about. You don't know if they're going to show up at the event or how they're going to show up. They're going to be high, they're going to be drunk, what are they going to be wearing, how long are they going to leave on what they're wearing. And if you can't figure out who that family member is, <laughs> It's you. You're that family member. We we all have a cousin Eddie. And that's how though a lot of the church and a lot of people think or look at Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's in the family, but we don't like to talk about him that much. I grew up in a full on Pentecostal church. When I say full on Pentecostal, I'm talking about bobby pins flying. I'm talking about people shouting. I'm talking about people. uh, It it just, look, we had a guy in our church called Running Bob. No lie. Why'd they call him Running Bob? It's self explanatory. And we had that. And I remember, you know, I would invite friends from school to come to church. And there would be times I prayed, please, God, don't let Running Bob run today. Please, please, God, don't let Aunt Susie shout. It just, it, it's, it's like earth shattering. Uh, please don't let, someone, you know. Uh, in fact, you know what? How about today, Holy Spirit? You take a day off. You've earned it. You've earned it. Take a day off. you I, I, I mean, I grew up because, because a lot of times we treat the Holy Spirit that way. He's part of the family, but we don't really like to talk about it. And over the years, one of the reasons why is because when we hear Holy Spirit, we've heard stories about Holy Spirit. Our experience with people that claim to have the Holy Spirit operate are weird, can be weird and strange people, right? Come on, it's okay to be honest. But can I tell you this? Those people that are weird and strange and they felt, well, I'm just filled with hope. No, here's the truth. They would be weird and strange without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not what's making them weird or strange. He's not weird. He's not weird. But here's, I, I'll say this. There's been a lot of weird and strange people that have done more to hinder people from pursuing the Holy Spirit than drawing them to Him. See, here was my understanding of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can relate. If you were filled with the Holy Spirit, if he was operating in your life, women didn't wear makeup. My dad would say this, hey, for some women, it was a sin for them not to wear makeup. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. If, if you, if Holy Spirit was operating, you didn't wear jewelry, except maybe a wedding band. And this is the way I grew up, my understanding. You, you didn't go to movies. You didn't go bowling. You didn't go swimming with opposite sex. You, you didn't drink, smoke, or chew or date, or date girls that do. <laughs> These were rules. And, and here's the thing here. Holy Spirit would take over your body and cause you to shake or do some other crazy things. That was my understanding of the Holy Spirit. And listen, when is when that's your understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, it causes you to approach him at arms length. You don't want to get too close to that. And and we got we've we've made it to where people I have a very little understanding of who he is. Let me tell you some truths about Holy Spirit. He is incredibly kind. He is incredibly loving. He, is, he, he has a sense of humor. Don't believe it? Well, look at who's pastoring you right now. <laughs> he, he is, he's very sensitive. He's incredibly loving. He is for you. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you do well in your life. That's Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, Satan doesn't want you to walk in the full power of Holy Spirit. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to know the full truth about who he is. Why? Because he was there that day, Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on those 120 people. He was there that day to witness a man by the name of Peter that just days earlier had betrayed, had said, I don't know Jesus. But on this day when the Holy Spirit filled him up, came inside of him, he stood up in the city square and preached and saw 3,000 people surrender their lives to Jesus. So he doesn't want you to have a full understanding of who he is. Anybody ever heard this phrase? this is the phrase have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues I mean that's what was said growing up and here's essentially what we were saying you put the word evidence in there that word evidence what it does is cause people to think hey I have the right to judge whether or not you have Holy Spirit do you have this Do do you speak in tongues oh you don't well you don't have Holy Spirit operating in your life and we're going to talk about that. Uh, one, one, one we, I'm going to talk about does Holy Spirit speak in tongues? And we're going to look at that. And we'll talk about this later on. But, but can I tell you this real quick? Tongues, I believe in tongues. I believe in the prayer language. I believe in that. That is one characteristic of who Holy Spirit is. One. I was talking to a guy years ago, he was a biker guy, me and him rode together, he was tatted up, beard, and, and, and just, he was having his hard time, hard time wrapping his head around tongues and what it was, and I said, listen, Chris, I said, man, I said, it's like this, I said, let's, let's say someone saw you, they saw your tattoos. They saw your beard. They saw you on your heart. They saw you, and you and and they, they saw that, and and so they held you at arm's length because they're like, no, 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 no. If uh, that was their first impression, that's all they knew about you. Here's what they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out on discovering how loving you really are, how much you care about people, what you'll do for people. The same way is true with the Holy Spirit. If you focus only on that aspect, the tongue zone of it, you're going to miss out on, all these other attributes of who Holy Spirit really is. That's not all He is. For, in 1 Corinthians, Paul said this, First 1 Corinthians 14, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than anybody. But don't let someone's misuse of the gift, or their weird or strange behavior, or they're more righteous than you because they do this, This that and don't let that keep you from pursuing Holy Spirit. Because in my opinion, and I believe this is biblical, you cannot thrive and you cannot live a successful, overcoming Christian life without him operating in it. The third thing you need to know about Holy Spirit is this. He is our helper. Our helper. Uh, Let's go back to those passages we read at the first, John 14 and 16. Every time you see helper, I want you to say it out loud. And I will ask the Father; He will give you another to be with you forever. Jump down to verses 25, 26. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the, the, the Holy Spirit He's going to come. Now let's jump down to chapter 15, verse 26. But when the, the comes, and then let's jump down to John 16:7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth: It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the, the will not come to you. Four times Jesus uses the word helper to describe the Holy Spirit. Here's why that's important. In the Greek, the original Greek for, for, for helper is the word parakletos. Bring that definition. It means an intercessor, a counselor, an advocate, a, a comforter. This. this word only gets used five times in, in, in the Bible. A total of five times. Jesus uses it four of those five times describing who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus said, I'm sending you Paracletos. Sending you an intercessor, a counselor, an advocate, a comforter. What does that look like? I mean, let me tell you how the Holy Spirit has worked in my life. And this, I, I've gone up to pray with someone. And begin to pray. And then and see them like, just break down in tears. I have no clue what's going on in their life, but as I begin to pray, Holy Spirit begins to speak to me, and tell me how to pray. Doesn't tell me everything's going on; just tells me how to pray. I, I, I've sent someone a text before. Hey, man, uh, man, just, God just laid you on my heart today. Send this out to you, praying, and then you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. I've preached messages that I've, I've walked out of here thinking that is the worst thing I've ever preached. And and, and then get a text or a call or an email, Pastor, man, that really nailed where I was at. And while I would love to take credit for all those times, it's not me. It's just me willing to allow Holy Spirit to speak and flow through me. That's all it is. Uh, it's, it's not Kelly Goins. Listen, I am, I, I'm i not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'll tell you that right right at first, at front. I'm just like, that's why, I, maybe that's why I always, because I'll say, God, I don't have it, so you're going to have to do something with it. In John 16, Jesus tells his disciples, three ways the Holy Spirit helps us. John 16, 8 and 9. Bring that. And when he, who's he? When Holy Spirit, our paracletos comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Anybody ever been convicted of sin? Can I tell you, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I mean, I tell people, men, and conviction, me and we have a love hate relationship. Because I do not like the feeling of being convicted. But I love it because that's how much the Father loves me. In this passage, though, he's not talking to Christians. I I know he, he convicts Christians, but in this passage, he's not talking to Christians. He's talking about non believers says he will convict the world. Why? Because they do not believe in him. Let me ask you, I'm going to ask you to participate. If you've been saved, if if you were not a Christian at some point in your life, which all of us were, and you were convicted of your sins, and you asked God to forgive you, and, and you became a follower of Jesus, if that happened to you, raise your hand. You know who, who you have to thank for that? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts us. Anybody remember the day they got saved? I remember running from God. Two years in California, my mom brought me. My mom literally prayed me back home. Sitting right back there, right around where Chris Chris Rose is sitting. And uh, my mom and dad at this church were on the end of a seven-week revival. And I got back, I flew back from California the last two nights of that revival. And I remember that Friday night sitting right back there and Holy Spirit was convicting me. And I don't know if you've ever done the white knuckle clinch on the back of that chair. I am not going up there. These people know that I walked away from God my God, they're not going to see me break down. I did it that night. See, the rule at my dad's house was, if you live with me, you go to church. I don't know why some people give their kids an option. If I pay your bills, pay your phone bill, put clothes on you, pay your internet, you're gonna do what I say, and they, you know. Well, anyway, oh, that's good, Pastor Kelly. I, that's so good. I applaud myself. And my dad, you know the rules. You live here, you're going to go to church. That Saturday night, I come in. I'm sitting right back there. And man, again, Holy Spirit, bam, all over me. I didn't even have to come up to this altar. Right back there, I rededicated my life back to God. Do you know what Holy Spirit did that night? He convicted me. If convict, Let me give you a better word to help you understand what that means. Convict. Equals convince. What he did that night was say, Kelly, Holy Spirit, you need God in your life. You need to ask. You need to ask forgiveness. You need to surrender. And he spent those two nights convincing me that I needed him. You need this. You need things broken off your life. You need God to do some work in your life. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helps convict us of our sins. Not to make us feel bad, but to draw us back to Jesus. The second thing the Holy Spirit convicts us of is, is John 16, 10. He says, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer you know what righteousness really means? Right standing with God. Hear me close. It doesn't say that he convicts us of righteous living. It says he convicts us of righteousness, of right standing with God. When Holy Spirit convicts you, that, that, that night I rededicated my life back to God. Holy Spirit was working in me, convicting, convincing me that I was lost and that I needed Jesus. When Holy Spirit convict, convinces that you're a sinner, that you need Jesus, and you become a Christian, get this. Holy Spirit begins to convict you of righteousness. What he's doing is saying, you're right with God now. You're in right standing with God. Why is he convincing and spending time convincing, convicting us? Because he knows the enemy is at work over time trying to convince us of the opposite. Oh, look, think about what you did. Remember what you did. The, the, remember the accuser of the brethren? That's what he's doing. And God has said, no, no, no. You are in right standing with me. third thing he convicts us of and I am closing so I can get the team come on concerning judgment verse 11 because the ruler of this world is judgment is judged the ruler of this world who is the current ruler of this world Satan the enemy no he said he surrendered it Satan's the current ruler of this world principalities of the world The Holy Spirit begins to convict and convince us, hey, Satan, the ruler of this world, he's been judged. He's been stripped of his power over your life. Now it's time to begin to live free. We know Satan is a liar. The Bible tells us that. The Bible says it's his native tongue. You know how you know if Satan's lying? His mouth's moving. But Holy Spirit convicts, convinces and he's telling us, hey, when you surrendered your life to Christ, you're outstanding with God. You're outstanding. I believe that." Right now, Holy Spirit is convicting and convincing some people. Some people that you you gave your you had a rough life and you surrendered your heart, but but the enemy has been telling you nothing's different about your life. Nothing has changed. You 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 messed up, you screwed up one too many times, and, and Holy Spirit is trying to convince you today. Listen, you are in right standing with God. Quit allowing the enemy to tell you something else. I love a story I heard years ago about Robert Morris, pastor. And he's telling this story about being in service and the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit pointed out a woman uh, for him to speak into. And he said, he said, Robert said, I looked at this woman and said, Ma'am, God just spoke to me about you and asked me, Do you know this woman's past? He said, when he said that, the woman's face looked down. He said, and then he continued Robert said, I responded back to God. No, I don't know her past. He said, God says, neither do I. Somebody needs to hear that. Neither do I. I said, I don't, I don't care what. I don't care what you did last night. You're here. You're here. Stay with me to your feet. We've got less than a hundred days left in two thousand twenty one. Isn't that crazy? Here's why I say that because I believe it's possible for us to finish out this year ten times stronger than what we ever started it. Wendy. English, Derek. Clean living, ladies. Chad, Stacy, Barbara. What is the secret? Leaning into the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to begin to work in their lives and convict and convince us, convict us of the things that need to change in our life while continually... No, no, you are in right standing with God. God loves you. He never stopped loving you. And I know I gave this a while ago, but man, I'm going to do it again because I believe God—I the Holy Spirit has been convicting. Someone needs to really surrender your life to Christ today. Today. Listen, I don't care if you prayed a prayer when you were five, six, eight, ten years old. I, here's what I want to ask you. When, when did you say, God, I need you? I don't want to do this on my own. I have made a mess of my life, I have screwed it up royally. Here, take it. When did you surrender like that to God? The Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. And now I just feel like I said, no, don't do that. Don't tell them a bow their heads thing. Because guys, let me tell you, you're 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 in peep, you're around people that love you and want the best for you. You're around people that knows what it's like to fall seven, eight, ten times and get back up. You're you're not looking at perfect people. You're not looking at a perfect pastor. You're looking at a pastor that knows what it's like to jack things up in his life. Even over the past nine years, I've been a pastor here. You're looking at a guy. But you're also looking at a guy that knows how much God loves him and that it's not the fall, it's whether I get back up. No, it's not about living a perfect life. Kelly, I want to get my stuff together and then I'll, man, you'll never do it. I've been in this game for 30 plus years. I'm still trying to get my stuff together. If I was talking to Celebrate Recovery, I might tell you I was getting something else, still trying to get something else together. Because That's what it is. That's what it is what you're doing is you're saying god I can't do it I give it to you Keller what if I fall oh you will isn't that encouraging you 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 will but the difference is is this see when when I when I made myself part of a community of believers or or sisterhood. I love what Denise and her sisterhood on Monday nights. What happens to this? When when I I fall and make a mistake, but I've got somebody that loves me, they pick me up. They pick me up. They pick me up. So you will fall. You will make a mistake. Here's the good news God loves you through those mistakes. And here's the good God loves you exactly like you are, but He refuses, He loves you so much, He refuses to leave you that way. You say, Kelly, man, I need to really surrender my life to Christ today. That's you. Just raise your hand because, man, I want to pray with you right where you're at. Come on, come on. Listen, this is something, man. You're 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 looking at somebody that'll fight for you. You're surrounded by somebody that'll fight for you. I'm talking, I, and I'm not talking uh, metaphorically. I'll fight for you. I'll get in the dirt with you. Yes. I'll get di- I'll get bloody with you. Man, you turn around. You you're not going to see nobody. You're going to see me. You're going to come up here, Ben. Matt, Matt, why? Come up here. Come up here, Matt. Come up here, Jacob. See, I'm God. See, when, when I fight for you, it's not just me. When you're part of this community, I'm bringing these guys with me. I'm bringing them with me. That way I can tell them who to cuss and who to hit. No, no. But that's what I love about brotherhood. That's what I love about being part of a family. And that's why it's important, man. If you're, you say, Kelly, okay, that, I, I want it. I, I want to be part of that. If you raise your hand, I want you to get out of the aisle and come on up right now. I saw a couple of people raise their hand. Get up here, yeah. Absolutely, get up here, get up here, get up here.